0: Welcome to Everyday Strong, the podcast that teaches parents, teachers, and other caring adults how their everyday loving actions can help their teens cope with anxiety and depression. Hi everyone, I'm Michael Ann. I am the director for Everyday Strong, and I'm here today with Abraham Hernandez. He is a communications director at Centro Hispano, and we wanted to talk to him today about the... Specific challenges that Latino and Hispanic youth have with mental health in our community. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation.
0: Yeah, so tell us a little bit about you. Like, what is your passion for this topic?
1: I love this topic because I feel like we don't get to ask this question a lot. What is our Latino youth going through? And As someone who is a child of immigrants who had to navigate the same systems that these youth are currently going through, I know the struggles. I've been through them. So I wanna make sure that we're there to help guide these youth as much as possible. Mm -hmm. There's a quote that I really love that I once heard, which was Be the adult you wish you had when you Mm -hmm. were a youth. So that's what I wanna do. I've been through these kids shoes already. I've been through that journey. And as much as you want to protect them from from everything, you know that they have to struggle a little bit. But if I can help or we can help as a community, the better.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. Like being the adult you wish you had had. Um, and I think a lot of people I talk to feel really guilty because they're not perfect parents or perfect aunts mm-hmm. or teachers. And like, we're always just trying to get closer towards like being that person that we know that we can be and that other people need us to be. Yeah. I and I that. think you said
1: something very specific. It's that mm-hmm. trying, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we're not perfect, you know, mm-hmm. we're not perfect adults. Mm-hmm. We're still gonna make mistakes. I feel like sometimes as adults, we're still kids figuring things out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's no right age to know it all. You're mm-hmm. still learning, right? Mm-hmm. Even now, I'm still learning uh, because. Even though, like I said, I've been through the same journey, I haven't been through every single student's journey Mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. So I'm also learning and Mm -hmm. seeing how I can better help.
0: Yeah. And we're actually going to record this podcast in English and in Spanish. And so I think this um, version of it will probably focus a little bit more on how English-speaking adults can support, you know, Spanish-speaking children or children of immigrants. And the Spanish-speaking one, we might focus more on helping those parents who are Spanish-speaking know how they can help. Um, But all of us are learning from wherever our angle is, for sure. So on that note, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, the Hispanic population in Utah County, in Utah. Um, Do you have a sense of how many um, Hispanic families there are in Utah County?
1: Yeah, in Utah County, there's about, it's about 17% of our population. We are the large... We are the largest non-white population in the county, mm-hmm. and we keep growing, mm-hmm. um, especially as we have um, interracial um, couplings. Mm-hmm. We, we keep growing and growing. Um, during the pandemic, we had a surge of individuals coming from states like California, where, again, the population of Latinos is pretty large, so we keep growing. And what's really interesting is that we're growing in areas where we didn't think our Latino population would grow, mm. which is northern county and southern county, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is great because that's where we need to to grow in diversity as well.
2: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not
1: just growing in the Oren Provo area, which yeah. is typically where we we tend to mm-hmm. see the population, but mm-hmm. it's growing in, in those extremities, which is pretty nice.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um What do you think, do you have a sense of what percentage of those um, only speak Spanish?
1: That one's a little hard to tell, but I will say that there's a population that only speaks Spanish, and there's also a population that prefers Spanish. So they will speak Mm -hmm. English, Mm -hmm. uh, but when you're either talking to them, giving them important information, Mm -hmm. they prefer to hear it or read it in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's and I'm kind of the opposite, right, where mm-hmm. I, I speak Spanish, but mm-hmm. I prefer English. Uh, mm-hmm. I've actually been to a doctor's office where because they see my last name, uh-huh. they'll hand me paperwork in Spanish and I sit down and <laughs> reading it. And I'm like, Wait, I uh-huh. don't know what this says. I mean, I understand it, but it's medical terminology, so I prefer that it's in English, so I understand yeah. it a little bit better. So that's the, uh-huh. the same situation where people might yeah. prefer their primary language over their secondary language just so that they can be- have a better feel as to what's going on or what's being in, um, what's being said to them.
0: Yeah. So do you have any recommendations? I mean, obviously you're speaking, you know, primarily for yourself, but also you are a leader in a strong, you know, like organization that serves Hispanic and Latino families. Um, like if I'm a therapist and I see that someone's got like a last name, like Hernandez, like um, – What's the best way for me to make sure that they feel comfortable?
1: Honestly, it's just asking. Um, mm-hmm. That's the best way that you can get that information from someone
2: mm-hmm.
1: is what is your preferred language? Would you like this in Spanish or in English um, or both sometimes?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, again, I've, I've been to a doctor's office where the doctor will come in and start speaking to me in Spanish. And again, while I understand where he's coming from, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't my preferred language. So, mm-hmm. honestly, just asking. It's same with terminology. Mm-hmm. Does someone want to be referred to as Latino, Hispanic, mm-hmm. Latinx, mm-hmm. Latine? You just ask. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like to think of it as, you know, the Black versus African American. There's yeah. going to be people who prefer one over the other or they mm-hmm. don't care. And so, just asking. Honestly, our community is one that loves sharing who they are. Mm -hmm. So if you just ask, they will give you even more information that you wanted Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, because they want you to know who they are. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I would just ask.
0: Yeah. Well, we're talking here about broad trends, but the most important principle of any mental health thing is that we see people as they are. Right. Mm -hmm. And we see them as individuals in front of us. And like, whether that's, like, oh, the broad diagnosis of being anxious or, you know, the ethnic, like, heritage of being Hispanic. Like, mm-hmm. every person is, a, is, is an individual. Mm-hmm. And I think um, one thing I love about Everyday Strong is that we're always emphasizing, like, make it feel safe to talk. Make it feel safe to be you. We're not just coming in with these broad brushes of, like, here's how you help every kid who's anxious. Here's how you help every kid who's Latino right it's about the person in front of you
1: yeah and, and i love that you you shared that because i something that has really stuck with me since i was a kid was mm-hmm. an experience i had i think i was in 3rd or 4th grade mm-hmm. and there was a mom who was helping out in the classroom who or two moms and they were talking and they were saying how they wouldn't allow their child or their children to play with a a certain classmate who was Latino. Mm -hmm. And that struck me as odd because I thought, well, I've been to your house, I've played with your kids. What makes me different from this other student? Mm -hmm. And while, yes, they were targeting a very specific student, I also felt it. So Mm -hmm. it's not just how Mm -hmm. you interact with the individual, but you know, as kids, we hear everything. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck with me. Why was mm-hmm. I different than this mm-hmm. other student mm-hmm. um, when we're the same? Uh, mm-hmm. I think the only different or the two differences was that I'm light-skinned and yeah. I I spoke English perfectly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But those are the only yeah. two things that made me different from this student.
0: Yeah. 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 Biases are real. Right. And like mm-hmm. a big a big job that we all have is to learn how to unpack those biases. So let's talk about that for a second. And let's talk about like, um, you know, what do you think are the unique needs? If we are going to talk about like some of the things that we can do to support Hispanic youth and by we, I mean, any caring adult, um, you know, regardless of what your ethnic background is and maybe but especially those who have no exposure to this like what are what can we understand about them
1: yeah there's a lot of pressure that's going on um, especially for those kids who are um, children of immigrants there's Mm -hmm. a lot of translating that needs to happen between uh, or or for parents Mm -hmm. Um, again speaking from from my own experience Mm -hmm. I remember having to interpret for my parents while they were trying yeah. to buy a car. And I was only eight years old. Gosh. You know? Yeah. And while, yes, I spoke English, I, mm-hmm. there were certain terms that I didn't know how mm-hmm. to translate from one to the other or mm-hmm. what they even meant. In- mm-hmm. Interest rate, I, at eight years old, <laughs> uh, I—
0: APR? Like, yeah. I don't even know what that means now as an
1: adult. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so all of a sudden, I there's this pressure to be a third adult. Mm -hmm. where you're only a Mm -hmm. child right yeah so there's that pressure and so when I do cultural competency uh, trainings with companies Mm -hmm. I always try to make sure that they understand that this is happening and that's Mm -hmm. why we need to have more Spanish speakers in Mm -hmm. service areas where Mm -hmm. a, a Again, an 8-year-old does not have to interpret for their parent You know, mm-hmm. medical stuff, car stuff. Those are just too big of subjects for mm-hmm. any child to understand. Yeah. So that's one. And the other one I would say is living in a bicultural world where mm-hmm. they're being told what's right and correct during the school day. And then they mm-hmm. go home and then they're living by a completely different set of rules. Mm-hmm. And which one's right and which one's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And it's walking that fine line. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I was doing a, a cultural competency training with an agency that was asking the same question, mm-hmm. like how do they balance? Mm-hmm. And I think it's the adults that make them choose one or mm-hmm. the other. Mm-hmm. But there's this really interesting idea of hyphenated Americans. Mm, So this mm -hmm. would be a Mexican American, Asian American, Mm -hmm. where we don't have to pick one or the other. We actually create a third culture Mm -hmm. where that's our own. Mm -hmm. And in building a culture, you know, we're going to mess up. um, Mm -hmm. Because like you mentioned, it's individual. How do I represent a Mexican-American is very different than how my sister represents a Mexican-American, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's that trying to understand yourself.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: as a teenager especially, like, that's already hard enough, right? There, yeah. You have so many different voices telling you who you should and shouldn't be. And yeah. now you're also trying to figure that in the most... Uh, deep and essential part of yourself is
2: mm-hmm.
1: culturally, who am I? Am mm-hmm. I American? Am I you know Mexican, Ecuadorian? What have you?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: on top of that, you have to now educate each party on who the mm-hmm. other one is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember teaching my parents about the first time they had they under kind of understood Pioneer Day. and they were kind of mm-hmm. like, what mm-hmm. what is Pioneer Day? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just was told <laughs> in school that this is something that we celebrate, and because uh-huh. I went to a year-round school, so I went to uh-huh. school during July.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I'm like, I don't know. It's uh-huh. just something we do. Or <laughs> what's the difference between um, the national anthem and oh, what's the other one that we sing? Oh, it's
0: it's like America the Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Or, like, what's uh-huh. the difference between the two of them?
0: Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, five years old, I have no idea. Uh-huh. I'm just being, I'm just doing what I've been, t- been told to do.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, or how the educational system works.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You know, yeah. I'm also a first generation college graduate. I had to figure uh-huh. out college all by myself. Yeah. So that's the other thing is uh-huh. when you grow up here, if you're not, and again, I'm just speaking from my own experience, if you're not, if you don't look the part of mm-hmm. a, a typical Latino kid, mm-hmm. people just assume that you're doing just fine. I mean, mm-hmm. I got the good grades yes. and all that. But then when it was time to go to college, I was like, I, how do I apply? I, yeah. You know, my records don't just transfer to a university the way that, you know, they go from elementary to middle school mm-hmm. to high school. Mm-hmm. How do I get into college how do mm-hmm. I pay for college? Mm-hmm. What classes am I supposed to take? And yeah. my advisors, while I loved them to death, they didn't really give me much information other than yeah. here are pamphlets and mm-hmm. kind of you figure it out because mm-hmm. you know you're a top-rated student. You should yeah. know how to do this. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of those little things. It's we are the essentially the pioneers of our own families.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Trying
1: to figure out how all these systems work mm-hmm. for us and also sometimes against us. Um, yeah. Because well, I'm. Yeah, go
0: ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. Yeah. Um, well, I'm thinking about this, like, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot, like with Everyday Strong is that um, any mental health condition, any experiences... We call it multifactorial. There's multiple Mm -hmm. factors going into it, right? And so sometimes we think like, oh, there's all this anxiety happening, you -hmm. know, in society, all this depression happening among youth. And it's definitely like the cell phones (laughs) or it's Mm -hmm. definitely the this or the that. Um, But I'm looking actually just pulling up the data just now. And um, one of the key points that we use is We ask youth, um, so the state of Utah administers a survey called the SHARP survey, Mm -hmm. and there's this question that I really love that asks youth, during the past 12 months, um, how often did you feel so sad or hopeless that you didn't want to do your usual activities? Mm -hmm. And the average population, you know, that includes all children, um, is 32%. But -hmm. if you are a Latino kid, that number is 38%. So it's much, much higher. And I think it's really crucial for us to understand that, like, um, these, you know, like, like Latino kids, they have all the same pressures that, you know, across the board, all children have. Again, cell phones, school, pandemic, Mm -hmm. whatever. And these extra layers that you're describing of, Mm -hmm. like, having to translate, of not knowing how to, like, navigate college, like, Mm -hmm. having no support for navigating college. And when we understand that, like... You know, there's just these these factors that we want to make sure that we're considering when we're trying to be compassionate and helpful.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and and, and I love that you mentioned that there's that almost lack of support. It's not mm-hmm. that, and I want to make this clear that it's not that parents don't want to be supportive. They they mm-hmm. they do, but when they don't know, yeah, how do they help? When you don't know mm-hmm. what you don't you're not supposed to, or you don't know what mm-hmm. you're supposed to know, how do you help? Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yes. So yes.
1: parents do want their kids to excel. But again, mm-hmm. if they maybe didn't have a college education in their own countries of origin, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how do you help your student that way? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, my parents luckily are college educated, but at the mm-hmm. same time, again, different system of education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you know, being in elementary school and my mom trying to help me with math. And she would get me to the right answer. Mm-hmm. But when I showed my work at school, I was told that I was wrong. Mm. Because, again, mm-hmm. just different systems of, of, yeah. of how to do the same work. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, again, it's not that parents aren't being um, supportive. Because I, I hear this a lot. Yes. That Latino parents are not being supportive um, in the schools. Um, they're not there. But that's actually cultural.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In Latin American countries, parents aren't involved in the school systems. Not mm-hmm. because they don't care, but there's this mentality that you're the educator. You went to school yeah. for this. Like Why? like
0: like you're the expert, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: You're the expert. Why would I interfere with your mm-hmm. job?
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: And so, but here we're saying, no, come be a classroom parent, come mm-hmm. be in PTA, mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. do field trips that's just not how yeah our parents were raised to mm-hmm. to be parents and be supportive mm-hmm. yeah it's just a little different
0: and in, in my experience you know going out and teaching like the same curriculum everyday strong curriculum mm-hmm. to you know like just a broad population versus spanish language specific like yeah. um Almost all the Spanish-speaking parents that I teach, just they love it. They love the idea of, like, give me some concrete tools of how I can be a good and caring and loving parent. And in some ways, like, there's just such a a close-knitness that I sometimes see Mm -hmm. that eludes other families, right? Mm -hmm. And I really love seeing that. And I'm actually especially curious to hear your thoughts when we talk about being supportive our big three areas in Everyday Strong is that we talk about kids need to feel safe, they need to feel connected, and they need to have their competence and their skills built. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially that like safety level um, is really, really important. And that's sort of like what gets undermined, for example, when you like overhear someone saying something negative about a Latino Mm -hmm. kid, right? Mm -hmm. Then you feel othered. Then you feel like I don't belong, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so what are some of the other things that Um, can undermine that sense of, like, belonging and safety for a Latino kid? Yeah. I
1: think it's the way that we word certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard teachers, you know, kind of look at a kid weird because in their culture um, they do things slightly different, Mm -hmm. right? And we have to understand that, you know, our culture here in in the U.S., Mm -hmm. It's just one culture, right? Mm-hmm. There, there are multiple cultures. And even within mm-hmm. the U.S., mm-hmm. there's different cultures. So mm-hmm. if a child comes to you and says, you know, we do things this way at home, mm-hmm. don't look at them weird. Instead, mm-hmm. ask, okay, yeah.
2: you know,
1: tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That way you're answering the questions that you really want to ask. Without uh-huh. sounding like you're patronizing or yeah. you're judging in any kind of way, uh-huh. instead you're learning. Right? Let uh-huh. these kids be the experts on who they are.
2: Right? Uh-huh.
1: Again, we come from a culture where we love to tell you who we are, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Because there's so many uh, Latin American countries, yeah. we want to distinguish ourselves. <laughs> Like, yeah, like is how Colombia is not the t- same
0: as Mexico, it's not the same as Peru, like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: ask us questions because we do mm-hmm. want to distinguish ourselves um, mm-hmm. and, and slowly become more individualized, Yeah, right? Like Latin America, Colombia, my hometown, this is what my family does, right? Mm-hmm. And so things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I've had, you know, I, I've been able to work with, closely with school districts, my entire time working with Center Spano, and even before then. And there was one teacher, I remember, um, a kid brought flan. And, mm. and they gave that to the teacher and said, my mom made this for you. Mm. And the teacher said, thank you. And then the child left. And I overheard this teacher then give it to another teacher and say, we don't need this stuff. The, again, there's a way of wording things without mm-hmm. it seem, seeming judgmental
2: yeah
1: um and i don't know it kind of broke my heart that it was mm-hmm. just kind of thrown away to another teacher um yeah. they didn't try it they yeah. you know because maybe their family would have enjoyed it i don't know yeah. yeah but again it's a way that we word things um and we yeah. say things to each other uh-huh. and i don't know I, I feel like there's just a better way of expressing our feelings towards something that's different from what we know.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I want to draw a bigger principle here, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, we're talking about Latino kids and their unique struggles, but, like, mm-hmm. um, we talk about this, for example, like, we talk, talk about safe to be you, and this is when your child is, like, really into a kind of music that you mm-hmm. don't like, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's when um they want to choose a career that is, like, not at all what you thought they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um or when they have different religious beliefs or political mm-hmm. beliefs than you. Right. Whatever the thing is like um we always have an opportunity to grow closer to someone mm-hmm. and to be non-judgmental and I really love that question that you said about like just like tell me more. Mm-hmm. Um because I think that is such a magic question. It's very neutral um mm-hmm. and it shows that like I want to come closer to you by knowing you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so hard sometimes to gauge our own reactions and our own like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Like when Mm -hmm. we hear something that like kind of feels a little bit jangly against what we expect or what we're used to. Mm -hmm. But um, like to me, like that is the only reason why we're here on this planet is to just Mm -hmm. get closer to each other And to be curious about what motivates someone else, even if it's our own child or a child Mm -hmm. that we teach, um, Mm -hmm. and to like really honor other people's attempts to be close to us. And I think sometimes what can seem like, oh, it was just a dessert, right? Oh, it Mm -hmm. was just them telling me about this music. It it seems like such a small thing, but for a child who, like that can be a very vulnerable thing, right? To be Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to share this part of me with you. And to, I think we have to honor that. I wish we would honor that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's, and I like that that there's that mentality of being you um, mm-hmm. and exploring more of who that student is, who that child mm-hmm. is. Um, mm-hmm. It just reminded me that, I and I want to say it was actually through Everyday Strong that I learned yes. this, but um, don't quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you if you did or didn't. (laughs) Okay, okay, sounds good. Um, Where I was told, don't ask why questions. Mm. It's how and what. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel? How do you feel? Mm -hmm. Not why do you feel? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Or Mm -hmm. why do you Mm -hmm. do? But how Mm -hmm. do you do it? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What motivates you to do X, Y, and Z, right?
2: Yeah. Because
1: again, then it allows for more conversation and it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel so... Uh, demeaning, so mm-hmm. judgmental. Because mm-hmm. why questions tend to sound that way? Like, why would you do that? Um, why do you think that? Right? Mm-hmm. It's okay. What what brought you to this place? Yeah. Um, especially when, again, we're talking about youth and, and their mental health. Uh, I mean, I look at some of our Latino youth mm-hmm. who are struggling with mental health. And one of the things, again, culturally, we don't talk about mental health. That's Mm -hmm. not something that we talk about Mm -hmm. in the home. Um, If something's not okay, you fake it until you make it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the idea. And so we really try to make sure that we're asking those questions Mm -hmm. in a way that, again, allows the child to feel like, okay, we are talking about mental health. excuse me um, we are talking about mental health um but in a safe environment
0: yeah
2: right well Again. and i
0: think i think we don't even have like to your point and i don't think actually we said the thing about why versus how or what <laughs> but i love it and i'm totally gonna put it on our instagram um <laughs> yeah. but like you know i think sometimes um in the in the vein of like we want to get everybody super literate about you know mental health like we don't have to know even like oh this child has a diagnosis of anxiety mm-hmm. this child has a diagnosis of whatever especially if they're a child who comes from a place where there is some stigma with that right mm-hmm. we're like we don't use those words but we can say like what is it like when you feel so afraid
2: mm-hmm. like
0: how like how do you cope when you can't mm-hmm. get out of bed right yeah. and that allows us to have those destigmatizing conversations that are actually more just about what is your experience not about mm-hmm. how do i get you diagnosed medicated and into therapy like we're mm-hmm. not solving the problem here we're just being with another person
1: mm-hmm. yeah exactly and encouraging them to really explore what they're feeling and how mm-hmm. they're feeling mm-hmm. you know I- i've heard therapists say okay when you're anxious what is your fo- body feeling
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and that's when they can say oh i feel muscle um tension Mm -hmm. i feel jittery Mm -hmm. that way it's their own personal Mm -hmm. journey and like you said Mm -hmm. we're not diagnosing anything it's just Mm -hmm. knowing okay when i see my child get really tense when i Mm -hmm. see them you know shaking a little bit okay Mm -hmm. that's where i need to step in and see if they're doing all right yes yes or if i i know that You know, when they get anxious, they're gonna they put their head down because it's Mm -hmm. it's too much. It's Mm -hmm. those little things that you need to look for, but how Mm -hmm. do you look for them without asking Mm -hmm. these questions Mm -hmm. first, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's why safe to talk is like like one of the first things on our skill list, right? Is like Mm -hmm. if you can nail that one, you're more than halfway there. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything you've been giving us advice about, right, about the kinds of questions to ask and you know when to ask them and how to really stay focused on that curiosity i think it goes such a long way towards being able to be that caring adult that every child every person needs mm-hmm. in order to deal with their 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 stuff that we're all carrying
1: exactly exactly cuz even as adults you know we have to tell like you know coworkers or bosses you know mm-hmm. this is how i deal with things mm-hmm. um if you see me you know you know, fidgeting with a pen that means I'm mm-hmm. not doing okay and so please ask me are you okay <laughs> or I might be stressed or overwhelmed you know mm-hmm. overworked You know, mm-hmm. give me some time Yeah, and we really need to be a little bit more comfortable with mm-hmm. that vulnerability
2: mm-hmm. and saying mm-hmm. sometimes we're mm-hmm. not okay mm-hmm. uh,
1: and mm-hmm. if we can start that at a young age it's mm-hmm. gonna go much easier as an mm-hmm. adult right? yes because I mean, I even remember being told um, by my my own parents, you know, don't let them see you sweat, meaning don't let your Mm -hmm. bosses know that you are overworked or overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, And that never sat right with me. And Mm -hmm. luckily, I learned that I can talk to my boss and say, Mm -hmm. hey, you know what? I'm I'm a little overworked today. Mm -hmm. Um, Can we look at ways that we can disseminate this workload Mm -hmm. or what's actually uh, what has a deadline that's closest to now like what can I Mm -hmm. work on later things like Mm -hmm. that we're allowed to communicate that
2: Um,
0: well and tell me if this is if this rings true to you but I, I feel like what I've heard many children of immigrants say is that like when you come here as an immigrant there's like a sense in which like you're always like being measured. Like, are you doing enough? Are you good enough? Are you working hard enough? Mm-hmm. Whereas like, not to say that other people haven't also had those experiences, but like there's sort of an assumption that like, you know, I'm a college educated white woman mm-hmm. and it's like sort of assumed that, and, I, and I, I'm articulate, I, I sound good when I speak. And so I get kind of a free pass, like mm-hmm. off the bat, that like, if you look different, talk different, you have to prove yourself more. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that that feeling of having to prove yourself when really you shouldn't have to, like doesn't carry down to extra pressure, extra anxiety that gets passed on to the kids too.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely something that maybe we're not told explicitly. explicitly,
0: Right. Explicitly. Explicitly.
1: (laughs) Wow. That word was hard to say. Uh, But we are shown that by our parents Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. did have to work a little mm-hmm. harder um, mm-hmm. because they d- mo- maybe didn't speak the language so well. Or, mm-hmm. again, those those biases where, you know, mm-hmm. because someone looks like someone you knew or you heard of that didn't work mm-hmm. as hard, um, mm-hmm. that means that they're going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. Um, they, there have been moments where even in my own life, I felt like, wait, hold on. Is it because I'm Latino? Uh, They both worked in my favor and not in my favor. Uh, I remember being in eighth grade honors English and being pulled out of the class. Uh, My best friend Yolanda and I, um, both children of immigrants, we got pulled out of class to take an ESL test. And we were like, wait, we're in honors English. Why are we taking this test? And so we had to fight that a little bit and basically say, we're not taking this test. No. Um, but no. I, again, that's a privilege that I got to, to, to explore is the mm-hmm. fact that yes, I'm a child of immigrants, but as a citizen, I'm also able to stand up mm-hmm. for myself without yeah. fear of repercussions mm-hmm. for standing up for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I've had things where things have been given to me because I am Latino. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. being selected at the university for a special trip um, mm-hmm. for my graduating class. And it was basically because I was Latino in first generation. Mm-hmm. So I, that kind of worked yeah. on, on my mm-hmm. my behalf, right? Mm-hmm. And so there there's the good and the bad, right?
0: Sure, yeah. And I think what I'm hearing you say, the through line, right, is just that you want to be seen as a person. Like, you know, like like you are— you are this person with this cultural heritage, this family mm-hmm. background—that is you. Mm-hmm. And like, just because you're the child of immigrants doesn't mean you need to take you need to take an ESL test, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's this always this tension of looking at trends, but also the person in front of us, and mm-hmm. we're always like walking this line in society. I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it, it's all—it's this balancing act of. Mm-hmm of cultures. Each Mm -hmm. culture is telling you that it's correct, Mm -hmm. but then at the same time, it's telling you that the other is not correct Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or Mm -hmm. it's not the norm. Uh, I was working with a a dual immersion school this past Mm -hmm. school year, Mm -hmm. and there was this little girl who just kept getting into trouble. Mm -hmm. And we finally figured out that the reason she was acting out was because her mom had told her, if someone bullies you, essentially bully back. hmm Right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, there's a saying in Spanish, no te dejes, which means don't let yourself be pushed around. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's what she was doing. Other uh-huh. kids were, were mean, even in the slightest mean, mm-hmm. and she would just react. Mm-hmm. And that's because, you know, that's what she was told at home, but yet mm-hmm. at at school, it was frowned upon. Mm-hmm. So we, we had to sit her down and kind of explain that to her, that mm-hmm. if kids are being mean, mm-hmm. come tell an adult. Yeah. A, an adult will help and step in.
2: Yes. You
1: don't have to re- resolve to do anything mean back to that mm-hmm. kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that takes a level of cultural competency to even Mm
2: -hmm. know
0: what to ask, to even suspect that might be going on. Like, Mm -hmm. and this is why, I mean, I think it's incredible that we have Centro Hispano as a resource in the community. Um, You've mentioned a few times that you'll do like trainings and stuff. Um, Tell me more about like what services you offer and how people can get in contact.
1: Yeah. So we are divided into five departments. Um, community resources, which is basically mm-hmm. just connecting the community with other resources. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know that because of language or cultural barriers, mm-hmm. our Latino community just isn't reaching out to other mm-hmm. agencies, like United mm-hmm. Way, um, mm-hmm. for resources. right?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we have our low-income taxpayer clinic um, to basically help our clientele and, and our community stay compliant with their taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if they're working... However they might be working, they're still paying their taxes because this will come up once they decide to become citizens. Have mm. you been paying taxes? So we want to mm-hmm. keep them compliant so that way that's not an added barrier mm-hmm. to their path to citizenship. Mm-hmm. We have a workforce development department that helps build resumes. Uh, mm. Not just in creating the resume, but creating skills for mm-hmm. um, for higher paying jobs. Mm-hmm. So we do workshops where um, our community can learn new skills that will just boost up their their resume. Again, mm-hmm. because we do have to be a little bit more competitive, we mm-hmm. have to um, show that we're worth a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we spruce up that, that mm-hmm. resume? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we do health promotion where we do a lot of Parent-child communication courses mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things that we have heard from parents is, again, that cultural divide. My child mm-hmm. lives in this third culture.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How do I talk to them? How do I mm-hmm. educate them? How do I discipline mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. my culture tells me one thing? their The culture that they live in tells them another thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that we've heard from one of the school districts here locally is that there's a lot of discipline issues Mm -hmm. um, where parents may discipline in a way that was not frowned upon in their country of origin, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely frowned upon here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of kids are reporting abuse when it's not necessarily abuse, it's just Mm -hmm. Culturally, it it didn't translate correctly right? mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. that punishment or discipline mm-hmm. looks like. Mm-hmm. So we have those kinds of classes. Um, and finally, we have our immigration uh, clinic. So anyone that's preparing to become a citizen mm-hmm. or a resident um, can definitely come and talk to us, and, and we'll figure that out. Um, and then, as you mentioned, I, I do cultural competency um, mm-hmm trainings that's not its own department. what i do on the side as part of centro hispano Uh, because we do want to make sure that these kind of conversations are happening uh, where it's not well i heard that this is what the latino community likes or Mm -hmm. or is like instead Mm -hmm. okay let's have this deeper conversation and i Mm -hmm. make sure that i tailor it to that agency what are their specific needs? How are mm-hmm. they working with the Latino community? Mm-hmm. What are they hearing or experiencing? Mm-hmm. That way I'm not giving a broad general uh, understanding of our community, but mm-hmm. how is it going to benefit you specifically mm-hmm. as a, an agency?
0: Yeah. Cool. I love that so much. And yeah. you're such a wealth of knowledge. You just I was just reflecting as we were starting this, this podcast that, yeah, I've known you for almost 10 years probably. Mm-hmm. And you're everywhere in the community and i feel like you've really done a wonderful job of um like teaching and lifting and as you said like as our hispanic family population continues to grow like mm-hmm. we all need to be more literate in this and more literate in knowing how we can support this anxiety depression just the mm-hmm. emotional experience right yeah. Um. And I'm super excited in a moment for you to talk to my coworker Catherine mm-hmm. and do a Spanish language one. Um. And we're just so so grateful for everything that you do. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And I do appreciate that. I definitely take it as a compliment. Um. Again, I will say that I have certain privileges that the rest of my Latino community does not have, where I am invited to spaces, and I do feel mm-hmm. that responsibility to. Mm-hmm. Um, speak on behalf of my community, um, because again, those questions aren't being asked even at, on a broad, general community level. Um, right. So if it's not happening in that in that sense, it's definitely not happening um, at an individual level either.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Right. Like mm-hmm. thinking about how are we doing this community wide and individual. Like that's such a good insight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. If this episode resonated with you, you can check out our free resilience handbooks and online learning at www.everydaystrong.org. These tools tell you exactly what you can do to help the kids in your life feel safe, connected, and confident. You can choose to create a relationship with your children that will help them to learn to be resilient, regardless of the challenges life throws their way.